0: You're listening to Comedy Central. Well, hello. What's going on, everybody? I'm Trevor Noah, and this is The Daily Social Distancing Show. Today is Monday, May 3rd, which means it is officially now Teacher Appreciation Week. So, because of that, I wanted to take a moment to personally thank the teacher who changed my life, Professor Charles Xavier. You know, when I came to his school, I was just a lost, cocky young kid, but I'll never forget what he taught me. Trevor, you're not an X-Man. Getting nosebleeds is not a superpower. And I still remember that lesson to this day. Love you, Prof. Anyway, coming up on tonight's show, why diamonds are now a guy's best friend, Roy Wood Jr. tells us about the black royals you've never heard of, and Facebook and Apple are fighting over your search history. So let's do this, people. Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. From Trevor's couch in New York City to your couch somewhere in the world. This is The Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. All right, people, let's kick it off with the coronavirus pandemic. It's the reason your grandma keeps saying you filled out whenever she hugs you. Ever since the vaccine came out, Americans have been looking forward to the day when the country will achieve herd immunity, which is when a disease dies out because enough of the population has either been vaccinated or previously infected, or COVID just doesn't feel safe around them. But now, it seems like people are gonna have to wait a lot longer than they thought. In the fight against COVID-19, this is a headline
1: no one wants to see. Quote, reaching herd immunity is unlikely in the United States, experts now believe. One biologist even telling the New York Times, quote,
2: the virus is unlikely to go away. Vaccine hesitancy remains a very real issue, threatening the country's chances at achieving herd immunity. Scientists believe the virus will, quote, likely become a manageable threat that will continue to circulate in the United States for years to come still causing hospitalizations and deaths, but in much smaller numbers.
0: You know, honestly, in these divided times, it's just great to see all Americans coming together to fail at something so easily achievable. But yeah, thanks to the many people who refuse to take a life-saving vaccine, experts now think that coronavirus is basically gonna become one of those antivirus pop-ups. You know, we're gonna minimize it, but we'll never really delete it. And let me just say this, if you can get vaccinated, but you haven't yet, well, this should be all the incentive you need because you don't want to be getting corona 10 years from now. I mean, think about it. Not only could you die, but you'll be getting roasted for being out of date. Oh my God, you got COVID? That's so chuggy. Everyone's dying from snake flu now. (laughs) And yes, this is the fault of anti-vaxxers. But one thing that definitely isn't helping is the media. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, the media loves running stories about the few people who are having adverse reactions to the vaccine. Oh, man got a vaccine, now his foot is sore. Oh, woman got a vaccine, now she forgot it's Thursday. Because even though those cases are a tiny minority, those are the stories that people wanna hear the most, right? Local news isn't running stories about how all the people with no side effects are having a fine time. Because let's be honest, that news wouldn't sell thank you pam breaking news i am outside the house of a man who received the vaccine earlier this week and is completely fine right now he is in that room eating dinner with his family and by all oh it looks like he's seen me i'm gonna have to leave now but even without herd immunity society is bound to start reopening so Over in the UK, researchers are trying to figure out what kind of events people can go to without causing the virus to start spreading out of control again. And the way they're trying to figure it out just may be the greatest science experiment of all time.
2: Live music is starting to make a comeback in some places as a way to track coronavirus progress. The English city of Liverpool hosted a one-off music festival yesterday to test whether such events spread the virus. About 5,000 people ditched face coverings and social distancing rules to attend the outdoor event, and they just had to test negative for COVID first and agreed a follow-up test in five days. Data from the festival will be used by the government's events research program to help understand the backs up crowds on the spread of the virus. And the festival's organizer says he hopes a project will help get outdoor events back on the calendar this year.
0: Oh yeah, a concert. Now that's my kind of medical experiment. You know, Louis Pasteur and that bullshit with a dog. The best part of it is no one caught COVID. But sadly, 100 people did come down with EDM. <laughs> but that's right. Thousands of people showed up to a concert and the purpose was to see if they would catch COVID. Which, let's be honest, doesn't seem like a real idea, right? That seems like something that ja Rule would do and be like, yeah, I mean, that happened. You didn't get it, right? Fire. And if you ask me, I think an experimental concert is a great idea. Not just for COVID. I mean, you can test for all sorts of things. Like you can test for the effect of constantly dropping the beat. We can finally find out, does that hurt the beat? Can the beat even feel pain? And will the beat be able to go on? But what I love the most here is how many volunteers they got to submit to medical experimentation just because they wanted to see a concert. I mean, you realize this means they could ramp up experiments on everything just based on who's performing. Can we please take your kidneys? We need to test something. What? No. We'll give you tickets to Beyonce. Oh my God, take them both, tell Beyonce they're mine, tell her they're my kidneys, maybe she'll sing about them. And finally, if you dream of someday settling down and marrying the person of your dreams, well, first of all, congratulations on being basic. And second, if you're part of a straight couple, well, the Bill for engagement rings just doubled.
2: If you like him, then
0: maybe you should put a ring on it. Yeah, Tiffany is introducing its first men's engagement ring this spring. The Charles Tiffany setting is what it's called. It features a bold solitaire diamond in round, brilliant, and emerald cut up to five carats. And that ring is named after the company's founder, Charles Lewis Tiffany. The setting honors the jeweler's legacy in love and inclusivity, they say. Oh, guys, this is amazing trying to double your profits and pass it off as inclusivity. (laughs) Capitalism is so beautiful. But this is a huge moment for equality because now men finally have something to bring to the pawn shop when their fiance has sex with their platonic best friend. Oh, I had nothing to worry about. And I also think this could be a win for everyone. I mean, women get diamond rings, Now men also get diamond rings, and the children who have to mine twice as many diamonds, they get paid overtime. I mean, what? they don't get paid, but then how do they keep getting, so this is, and look, I don't think it's gonna be easy to convince men to wear a diamond ring, but based on the ad campaign that Tiffany is rolling out, oh, they're definitely giving it their best shots.
1: Are you ready to tell the world you found love like a man? Introducing the new Tiffany's Men's Engagement Ring, a badass diamond in a signet style that tells the world I'm boning one person for the rest of my life. Plus it'll hurt more when you punch someone with it on. So pop a cold one with your buddies and then head over to Tiffany's to get a ring just like you won the Super Bowl. Football. Tiffany's Men's Engagement Ring also comes in camo.
0: But let's move on now to our main story. iPhones. The reason you haven't made eye contact since 2008. Last week, Apple dropped the latest update to their iPhone operating system. And it has all sorts of new features. You know, you can now use the phone with a video game controller. You can design your own app icons. And there are four new voice options for Siri, including two black voices, which means Millions of people are about to have their first black friends. So exciting. But the big update that everyone's talking about has to do with privacy. And it's the subject of our latest episode of If You Don't Know, Now You Know. (music) What is one of the biggest concerns people have about modern technology? Privacy, right? Because our phones know everything about us what music we listen to, how much sleep we get, what our face looks like when we're pooping. But now Apple is going to give you a little more control over how widely that information is shared.
2: You know how it goes. You search for something online, then see an ad on Facebook or Instagram for that exact item. Well, Apple is making it harder
0: for apps to track your online activity.
2: When you're using apps on your iPhone, you may start to see this. Apple users must now give permission for apps to track your
0: online activity data before you could only opt out. It's about time. Jenny Gephardt is with the privacy nonprofit, the Electronic Frontier Foundation.
2: Switching from opt out to opt in is huge. That is a going to really make a lot more users opt out of this tracking feature that wasn't built for users, it was built for advertisers. That's right, people.
0: With the new iOS update, you have to opt in to being tracked online instead of having to opt out. And I know it might seem like a small change, but this is a huge deal because people are lazy as shit. Like, think about it. If Apple said that they were gonna put all your nudes online unless you opted out, you'd probably be like, what? No ways, where's that opt-out option? Ah, uh, Settings, general, uh, where? Uh, you know what, I'm proud of my third nipple. Let's just do this. I don't care anymore. I got things to do. And people don't understand how much information Facebook is actually getting from your other apps. Like, you think it's a small thing. You know how you always like to your friends, oh, I was talking about something and then it popped up. Is my phone listening to me? No, it's the apps. Like, if you're in Atlanta and you check the weather in Vermont, it won't wait for you to search for a winter coat before it starts showing you ads for one. And if you've been ordering pizza every night on Grubhub, well, then the ads will show you a coat that's two sizes up because it knows. So this new privacy feature is good news for iPhone users, but it turns out it's very bad news for one of Apple's biggest rivals, Facebook. In fact, it's so bad for them that they've started throwing up pop-ups begging everyone to let them keep tracking us and warning us that if we don't, Facebook might stop being free of charge. And I'm not gonna lie to people, that seems like an empty threat to me because (laughs) who would pay to be on Facebook with the type of people willing to pay to be on Facebook? I mean, that's like if a crack house had a cover charge. I actually wouldn't mind if Facebook started charging people because I think if they did, maybe people would actually think for a second before they posted. The government puts fluoride in the water to brainwash us post $2. I'll keep it to myself. Now, the reason Facebook needs to track its users is so that it can charge big bucks to advertisers who want to target very specific audiences. But Mark Zuckerberg knows that people don't care if he can't afford to give his a Lamborghini for its birthday. So instead, he's asking you to think about the poor companies that'll suffer if he can't track you. Facebook said Apple's move will harm their small business advertisers. It's going to kill us. It's going to kill us. But for Monique Wilson-Debriano, who was featured in a Facebook campaign and owns Charleston Gourmet Burger, the change has already affected sales and she's had to cut
2: costs. It's not about you know small businesses you know wanting to take away anyone's privacy all we want to do is really just service our customers better so if someone loves hamburgers and they're looking for something that is just awesome you know to make their hamburgers taste better i would like to show my ad to you and this update takes that away from small businesses like mine
0: okay now this is interesting i mean i don't like getting tracked but it is true that it does help some small businesses target their ads, you know? And the truth is in life, bad things can have good side effects. You know, it's like how serial killers are bad. We all agree that they're bad, but you do get a lot of really interesting podcasts out of them. Yeah? No. So I can see what Facebook is trying to argue here. They're saying, do you really want to hurt small businesses before Amazon has a chance to bankrupt them? And honestly, I wouldn't mind targeted ads that much, but the thing is, it's how. It is how Facebook tracks all of us that I don't like. Like, it would be one thing if Facebook asked me, hey, Trevor, do you like hamburgers? Ah, we're gonna show you stuff about food, but what Facebook actually does is basically just send some guy named Gary to just stalk my entire life. Hey, Trevor, I heard you like hamburgers. What? How did you know that? (laughs) I read an email you sent to your girlfriend. (laughs) So maybe you're still not swayed by the effect of this change on small businesses. And that's why Facebook is also warning of the bleak future that awaits all of us if they can't track our every movement anymore. Facebook's pushing back. It relies on that data to target consumers with relevant ads. So if people do opt out, here's what Facebook says could happen. Say a young man is looking for a new pair of sneakers on his phone. Facebook claims that with Apple's new rules, it won't be able to use his search history and information about what other apps he uses to show him ads for things he wants to buy. So on Facebook or Instagram, he could end up seeing ads for women's clothing or furniture. Really? (laughs) This is a real argument? Come on, man, get the out of here, guys. We've lived our entire lives watching untargeted ads, right? TV ads, newspaper ads, billboards, none of those were targeted and we were fine, right? Now, all of a sudden they're making it seem like we can't live without them. Like we're gonna be like, oh no, oh no, I'll have to watch untargeted ads, but how will I know if a product isn't for me? What if I buy tampons because I didn't know that I don't have a period? What if I buy dog food, but I don't have a dog? Am I a dog? Am I dog one tampon? I don't know. We can handle untargeted ads. In fact, sometimes untargeted ads introduce you to things that you never knew you needed. Yeah, like a shower seat. I didn't think about that before I came to America. And then now that I'm here, I realize just because I'm not 80 doesn't mean I can't get clean and comfortable. And you know, on top of all that, Facebook makes it seem, they make it seem like all they use that data for is to sell us the products that we want. But don't forget that the reason you often only see posts that make you mad as hell is because of all the time Facebook is tracking you and they use that targeting to piss you off. It's not a coincidence that Facebook is always telling you that Joe Biden is gonna make the Bible Spanish only, or that Trump stole all the mailboxes to give to Kim Jong-un. It's because they know how to keep you engaged for as long as possible, and they know this by tracking you. And again, I'm not pro-Apple here, right? But Apple didn't build their entire business model on stalking you, Facebook did. And if moving society away from tracking people means that Gary has to find a new job, then you know what? So be it. But then, Trev, who will recommend creams for your toenail fungus? Get the out of here, Gary. All right, when we come back, Roy Wood Jr. tells us about black royals who aren't named Megan, and Michael B. Jordan is joining us on the show. So don't go away. Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. Did you know that it is legal to talk about black history even when it's not Black History Month? It is. So to learn about some forgotten moments of black history, we turn now to Roy Wood Jr. in another edition of CP Time.
2: Ah, well, hello. Welcome to CP Time, the only show that's for the culture. Today, we'll be discussing the history of black royalty because it's not just Meghan Markle after she got married to Ed Sheeran. History is full of black kings and queens that never got the chance to sit down with Oprah. For example, Shaka Zulu. He was the founder of the Zulu Empire and the leader of one of the greatest fighting forces in African history. He also had to fly his name of all time, Shaka Zulu. I get chills just saying it. Half the reason people followed him was because of that name. If Shaka Zulu had been named Herman Carruthers, safe to say there would be no empire. Shaka transformed the Zulu tribe from one of the smallest clans in the region to a mighty kingdom, and he did it all without wearing a shirt. You have to be a good leader to do that. If Prince Charles tried ruling without a shirt, the monarchy would be over by the end of the day. King Shaka was eventually killed by his two brothers, those closest to him. That's why I avoid family reunions. My brothers might try to take me out so they can get control of my travel spoon collection. Back off, Leroy, these spoons are mine, motherfucker. Moving on, Queen Amina of Zauza. She started with a small regional power and soon conquered all the surrounding areas. She was basically like a Dunkin' Donuts, just took the whole place over. Although she never married, Queen Amina did have a complicated love life, taking lovers in every city she conquered, and then killing them. Yet for some reason, men still went to sleep with her, even though they knew it would be fatal. We are truly the dumbest gender. Never trust a big button a smile. Next we move on to 1940s Ethiopia and its ruler, Emperor. Hale Selassie, or his official title, His Imperial Majesty Hale Selassie I, Conquering Lion of the Tribe of Judah, King of Kings and Elect of God. That's how you know somebody's important when their name is their resume. I'd be Roy Wood Jr., Bachelor of Arts, Subscriber of Netflix, and Second String of the Crown Heights YMCA Over 60 Basketball League, the first. Now, Selassie wasn't just the emperor of Ethiopia. He was also regarded as the messiah of all black people by Rastafarians. You know you have influence when there's an entire religion built around you. The only other black person to accomplish that was Jesus. Don't argue with me about Jesus' race. I know Jesus was black because the court found him guilty with no evidence. Selassie went on to institute major reforms to Ethiopian society, like creating the first written constitution of Ethiopia, where he outlawed slavery. That's right, slavery still existed in the 20th century. That's why you gotta read that travel journal before taking a vacation. I went on a discount cruise to an unmapped island one time and ended up a small island woman's indentured servant for six months. It's safe to say I left a strongly worded Yelp review for that cruise. Never trust a big button a smile. Well, that's all the time we have for today. I'm Roy Wood Jr., and this has been CP Time. And remember, we're for the culture. And I meant what I said, Leroy. These spoons ain't the only thing I keep on me at night. Thank you so much for that, Roy. All right, when we come back, the
0: incredible... Michael B. Jordan, will be joining me on the show. And maybe, just maybe, I'll get him to take off his shirt. ooh Welcome back to The Daily Social Distancing Show. My guest tonight is actor and producer Michael B. Jordan. He's here to talk about his latest role as action hero John Clark and being a force of change on and off screen in Hollywood. Michael B. Jordan, welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me. This is oh man! Thank but- you for being here, man. Thank you so much for being here. Congratulations. Um, I just watched the film. I think everybody else has on Amazon Prime. Without remorse. Before we talk about the movie, I just want to know how much more muscle are you planning to create, like from your human body? Like, like at what point? Because I mean, like the whole movie, I'm watching you, and it's very discouraging, Michael. Because I stay at home and I eat, and I eat ice cream, and then when I see you, I'm like, do you do you
1: eat anything? Like, what? How do you? What, like, who are you, man? I mean, who I just was about to eat some strawberry donuts. So I do, I do eat, I do eat a lot. I've actually let myself go in recent months. It's been, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been pretty bad. Quarantine uh, (laughs) has taken its toll on this body. Uh, But no, no, I mean, you know, whenever I gotta lock in and actually like uh, trains, you know, transform my body for a a role, it's, uh, it's. You know, I can get the job done. Creed 3 is coming up, so I'm going to have to change it pretty soon. I, I thought I could catch up to you when you were playing a lawyer. So I was like, yeah, I could do this. I could have a Michael B. Jordan
0: lawyer body. And then Michael B. Jordan's like, I'm a boxer and a Navy SEAL. I was like, yeah, no, I'm just going to watch the movies. Well, uh, congratulations, we gotta, man. No, no, we got to work out one time. That's it. Why Why would I do that to myself as a human being? Why would I, as Trevor Noah, go work out with Michael B. Jordan? To to feel what about
1: myself, Michael? What are you trying feel to do? Feel great. Feel great. You're going to feel, you know, you, the first couple of days, you're gonna feel death, but then after that, you're gonna feel great. You're gonna, you're gonna feel good, you're gonna look even better, which is f-ing hard to do, but we're gonna great. <laughs> uh,
0: let's, let's talk about the movie. Tom What's Clancy, up? man, anybody, anybody who's loved the books, anybody who's loved the games, I mean, I grew up playing Rainbow Six, you know? I'm, exactly. I'm sure so did you. This movie, Without Remorse, I, I I watched it with my brother and he was just like, he was like, man, this is amazing. He was like, this is so much fun. Like, I haven't seen an action movie like this in a long time. Why did you choose to do it? and what made you think, you know what? I can make this something special.
1: You know, first of all, thank you. Appreciate that, man. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. You know, but just like you, I was at home as a kid playing Rainbow Six video game for hours. And you know, where my mom would yell at me, it's your boy, get off that damn game. You know, it was like, you know, and I would be in there envisioning myself like in these missions. So when I had the opportunity to take you know, uh, you know, a Tom Clancy, you know, favorite, you know, like and John Kelly and give it a, you know, a breath of fresh air, modernize it, make it more right. a reflection of the of, of the world that we live in today. I mean, these type of movies are the things that I grew up watching. Like I, I love like action movies, you know? So I was like, one day I want to do my own action, you know, movie and I'm gonna do my own stunts. And this was the one for me to check that box. You
0: trained with, like, you, it was actual Navy SEAL training that you went through for this movie, right?
1: Yeah, I worked with, uh, you know, ex-military, uh, ex-Navy SEALs, ex-Marines, uh, military divers for a lot of the water work that we had to do. Really, every stunt that you saw, I had a specialist that I spent, you know, enough time to get comfortable with um within the stunt, and then went out and executed.
0: One of the most terrifying stunts in the movie, and I won't spoil it for the people, involves you in the ocean, underwater, in in a vessel. I won't tell the people what vessel it is. Don't spoil anything but like you just you just underwater for long. the camera doesn't cut as well that's something i noticed we just follow you holding your breath swimming underwater swimming
1: underwater swimming and i was like and i was like no man michael didn't do this but you you actually did that yeah those are the th- that was the one that you know it took us about a week and a half to shoot and every day i would get up and i would get to set and I would be like who wrote this why did we decide to, to do this it was my favorite thing and then it was my least favorite like I mean I hate it and then I fell in love with it all over again once we finished it just because we accomplished it and we got it right. done. you know so I mean it, it was it was very ambitious but it, it was uh, something that I had to do because Stefano wanted to shoot it in a way that you knew it was me doing those stunts so yeah it was something I have to train really really hard for
0: What I loved about the story and, you know, to talk to your idea of modernizing the thing is, you know, I know Tom Clancy's novels well. I've I've read the books, I've played the games. You know, what I loved about the film as well is it made you think about this from the perspective of the military personnel. You know, people who go out there and go, I'm fighting for my country only to find out, and we've seen that whether it was with 9-11 or whatever in America, where they go like, oh, this this is false pretenses, but this is actually my life. You've always been somebody who's who's been passionate about like you know telling military personnel stories or, or connecting with them as human beings. That part of the story seemed really important to you, and I'd, I'd love to know what you were hoping to achieve in telling that part of the story.
1: I think I think it's just that you know the honesty of what it's like, what it's like. From the soldier's perspective, who has a family who has things that they care about, you know, obviously they're dedicated to a ser- uh, to to a service to 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 a country in order to you know protect the oath, you know what I'm saying to 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 um, uh, to uphold those values. But when that but when that comes home and and and, and you feel betrayed, you know, and, and you're being lied to on so many different levels, you know, w- how far would a man go to get those answers? You know, I think we've all felt like this at one point. We feel so small. We feel like we like, you know, I'm one person. What What is my opinion or what is yeah. or what can I do to possibly change this bigger thing, this bigger elephant that's in the room, this bigger system? And I think John felt like that for majority of the movie until he started to really feel like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the power back. I, I actually can make a difference. I can. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna see me. They're gonna feel me. You know what I mean? They're gonna feel what they, like they messed up. And I think you know, just getting people to think a little bit and to, you know, obviously be entertained and have fun while watching this movie, but at the same time, uh, to start asking questions. You got a hot medicine and a food sometimes. You gotta put a little sugar with the with the medicine, and this is a, a cool vehicle to uh, have fun, but also to uh, to think, too. Yeah, man, I, I think part of what helps
0: the people think in this story is who the storytellers are. I mean, you're amazing. You, you have fans all over the world because of that. But you have to admit, man, your cast was phenomenal in this film. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Jodie Turner-Smith. People fell in love with her in Queen and Slim. She's back again in this film. What was also amazing is seeing a woman, and not just a woman, but a black woman, assuming a high position, not just in the film, but in the story as well. Like, there were some beautiful scenes where it wasn't like, oh, you know, the guy's gotta help her. It's like, no, 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 she's a soldier. She's here to fight, she's doing her thing. That felt like an interesting way to tell the story in a way that we haven't really seen growing up as, you know, like when we watch movies as action, like, let's be honest, it was like, Rambo helps the damsel in distress all the time. And then here it was like, no, everybody here's a soldier, everybody's fighting.
1: Yeah. And, and those are one of the liberties that we did take, you know, the first black female commander, you know what I'm saying? In the Navy, Navy, in the Navy SEALs was something that we, that we we definitely made a, a choice with. It was a scene in there where, you know, we're gun jammed, you know, well, I, okay, straight right. alerts. But there was, a, there was a, there was a moment in there where John goes to like, you know, try to rescue and save, you know, um, Greer. And, and by the time I get there, it's already neutralized and handled, you know what right, I mean? So right. it, it was, it was, um, yeah, man, it was really good to see that, man. And I think, you know, what representation does is so Im- is so important and we want that to inspire uh, so many uh, young girls out there that, uh, that maybe thought that that wasn't possible or not for them, that they can go ahead and try to get that too.
0: Michael B. Jordan is now a movie maker, a movie producer. You've got a mega deal with Amazon. You're gonna be creating content. You're helping others create content. You are a superstar in every single right. I mean, 2020 saw you voted as People Magazine's sexiest man alive. Where, where does life go from here for, for Michael B. Jordan? Like, what what, what are you, what are your goals now? What do you want to do? Uh, I mean, it's uh, downhill from here, let's be honest. Where do you go?
1: <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Uh, I mean, why not try my hand at directing? I think that's kind of like the next okay, thing. Okay. You know, for me, the next challenge, man, is to get behind the camera and tell a story. Um, and like, Creed 3 is the perfect vehicle for myself because, you know, the third time I... I'll be playing any character you know knowing the world um you know knowing how to you know to film the boxing uh, elements of it all uh following such a strong system you know by sly that he created with the rocky films and that the creed uh um, continued to do you know i guess as an actor uh, growing up in the industry you, you're taking direction direction you know, all the time from every set that you that you work on and to when you get to a point in age where you're like, well, I kind of want the camera set up here and I want to you know I want to tell it through this lens and I you know and 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 I think it's the perfect time for me right now. So I'm really excited about jumping off the deep end and uh, getting behind the camera and uh, and telling the story so
0: well if 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 you don't do that, you can go and shoot people. I think you're very good at that now. <laughs> you, you, can go and, you can go and like fight people. I think you're extremely good at that now. And if, if that fails... I mean, you, realize, you you could probably be a boxer with all the training you've done now.
1: You do realize that, right? I could be okay. I mean, yeah. I, I got so much respect for those boxers, man. It's, it's insane. But, yeah, but you, you know, trained... A, I'm you know, just saying.
0: I'm just saying. Like, Michael B... I will
1: put my money on you in a fight. You know what? I appreciate that. That, that means a lot, because I will put my money on me in a fight, too. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say you would put your money on me in a fight, but then you just put it back no, on yourself. No, I
0: mean, I mean but... but no, it's mean, fine. Us. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. Me, Mike, us. It's, I, 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 you, can, you can try and make me feel better, Michael, but at the end yeah, of the sorry. day, we know the truth, man. We know where your money is. Michael B. Jordan, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate everything you do. Look after yourself, my dude.
1: Man, keep up the good work, man. I'm so proud of you, brother. Yo, you already know. I, I'm really proud of everything that you're doing, so this is, this is fun. Much love, man. All right, Mike, take care. All right, see you later. Don't forget, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse is
0: available right now on Amazon Prime Video. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So please consider supporting an organization called the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation, founded by Taraji P. Henson, there are nonprofits committed to eradicating the stigma of mental health issues, specifically in the African-American community. By supporting this foundation, you are helping to increase the number of African-American therapists, combat recidivism within the prison system, and provide mental health support in urban schools. So if you are able to help in any way, then please go to the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, If you don't want to be tracked online, do what I do. You browse the internet wearing a fake mustache.
2: The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app.
0: Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and
2: more.